Good morning. Welcome to Plus Money Golf. Patriot Sports is proud to present our new golf podcast. It is time for the show that paired a PGA pro with a veteran caddy to keep us out of the cabbage and in the money. They're going to break down the tournament for us in a way that we can follow and profit from. Adam is our resident PGA pro, and Smitty brings his eight-plus years experience guiding players to low scores around Aaron Hills. And together on this show, they've got you covered for your outrights, your matchups, your day one leaders, and every bet in between. Boys, let's tee this thing up. How we doing? Smitty, you first. How we doing this evening? Doing well, man. Ready to talk some golf? Yeah, excited to get this going. Outstanding. And we have a golfer in our midst. Adam, how are you doing this evening? Are you ready to talk some golf? Yeah, I've been watching all day, just uh, trying to find out what's going on. Of course you have. Adam, you're familiar with this course. Why don't you give us the overview instead of me just regurgitating things that I looked up today? Tell us about Southern Hills. No, it's a it's a Perry Maxwell course. Um, it's built during the Depression, so they... Uh, had done some work over the years to try to update, modernize it. And then in 18, 17, 18, they decided to go with a full-blown restoration. So from what I understand, they had a member that had some original plans or pictures and worked with Gil Hans to basically to redo this thing back to its glory with some modern changes. But they changed up the bunkering. They changed up some of the creeks they added. Some creeks lengthened them, moved some, uh, redid all the green complexes to kind of the original design. So it's very, uh, I don't want to say like Augusta-like, but the the way the ball rolls off the greens is going to go similar to Augusta. But they were talking on TV today how uh, Maxwell had wanted the course to kind of feel and play somewhat like the Lynx courses overseas. So it's a cool it's a very cool golf course. If you haven't been there, it's awesome to go to. The clubhouse sits way up on a hill. So you got the couple of tee boxes that are way up hitting down and then the finishing holes on 9 and 18 are sitting way up. So they're playing uphill. It's, it's going to be a cool test. Sounds like a rigorous walk. Once you get down into the heart of the course, it's not terrible to walk. It's, you know, relatively flat compared, you know, it's not like Augusta that's up and down, but it's once you get off of the hill down into the to the low areas, it's pretty flat, but they've changed with a lot of the sloping and added some waves in the fairways and stuff to kind of make it play longer if they need to. Um, but it's going to be a cool course for people to see. Absolutely. It sounds like great cinematography. Smitty, you've walked around courses countless miles. A hilly place like this, how does that play into it? Does that, Do you figure that into your handicap at all? Do you eliminate some guys, like maybe somebody who's had some injuries and might not be able to walk? Yeah, I think definitely um, through, through time. I mean, you know, just with my experience um, at a course like Aaron Hills where it's up and down, you know, you get to the back nine and you get to – hole 14, 15, and all of a sudden guys start to fatigue a bit and things start to change about their swing and even their outlook and schematics of how they're going to go about navigating those holes, man, they change just because um, guys start to get tired and you start to think differently too when you get tired too. So I I think that that's definitely going to play a factor. Um, And, you know, guys who have experienced those injuries, you know, or something or have come off an injury or something like that, that's definitely going to play a factor that they're probably worried about. So they're, they're taking a look at those things. Uh, I'm sure during those practice rounds too. 
I read that this is a par 70 that can play 7,556 yards. There are two par fives over 620 yards each. That sounds excessive to the layman. Is this a longer course or is this something that, that you see in a lot of places? In majors, yeah, this is typical setups, but the PGA does a great job with setting up these majors where they kind of, I think they kind of set up the first round like hard as possible scenario. And then that way it gives them the opportunity to tone it back or if they need to lengthen it, they can. I think you'll see some, some tees that are up on some of the holes just to start out. And then if you've got guys that are just making these holes look silly, they're going to punish them on those holes the next day. And then the longer holes, they're going to shorten them up to be a little more forgiving. I mean, if you get some of these par fives that are 650 into the wind, you know, if they get a north wind or something, it's not going to be easy for those guys. I mean, they're going to have to do something to kind of help them out. But I mean, that's yeah, that's the beauty of having um, a course that can play that long and just the unlimited, you know, different ways that you can set up that course. Um, you know, like Adam said, they're they're going to really probably test guys that first day and they're going to they're going to put, you know, pins in spots. Um that uh, are going to challenge these guys. Um, and if they don't, well, they'll make sure that they make those changes the next day and they can, they can move tee boxes around, which is really nice having all the, the multiple tee box opportunities and, and variety there. So I think that, uh, you know, when you have long courses like this, it, it makes it really for a fun weekend. While we're on course design, I heard, I think it was Spieth. He played with JT maybe a week ago and he was talking about this hydronic system. And he said that essentially they can dial it up to whatever score they want it to be. Is that how adjustable these courses are now with this technology? And what the hell is a hydronic system? He played last Monday, but they, so what they did because the PJs earlier, it used to be in August. Now it's in May. They've got, they have geothermal under the greens so they can essentially grow the green surface is 365 days of the year. So if you get a poor growing season in Oklahoma in May, they can basically soup up the greens to make it. So they're going to play like they would in August, but they're we're in May. So with that and then sub air, which is the system that Augusta uses in a lot of these courses where they can suck the water out, they're going to be able to essentially control everything about the greens, you know, like they're forcing them to do whatever they want to do right now. What a time to be alive. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Should we get into some of these, uh, some of these wagers, look at some odds boys. Yeah. I have the top yeah, five favorites in front of me here. Rom is Rom and Scheffler are both plus 1200. I heard Scotty Scheffler talking about how much he loves this course. Um, Rom never played there. Scheffler won the Big 12 championship there, I th- believe, in 2015. Rory McIlroy is plus 1,600, and then JT, same, plus 1,600. And Spieth, where I'm considering putting my money, is plus 1,700. But that's just based on rumblings. I have nothing, nothing as far as data. How do you guys feel about these five? Um, let's start with Adam. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the t- guys I had circled. I had a couple of extras circled. I mean, but I, I think, you know, after talking to some people that it's going to be playing similar to Augusta. So I think, you know, you have to favor the guys that play well at Augusta on those 
tricked up greens with collection areas like Scotty Scheffler, uh, Spieth. Um, I mean, you know, Tom always a tiger guy, but I think, you know, you go with the guys that historically play well at Augusta and are going to do well here. Um, and then the few other outlier guys that played well or played here some in college, like Victor Hovland or Matthew Wolf, who's been struggling all year. I mean, if you're looking for a long shot, maybe, but uh, I, I still think the way Speed, Speed's been playing and even McElroy and, and Scotty, like it's really hard to pick against those three guys. I don't, I don't think John Rahm, I, my opinion, is going to play well here. Just, I just have a feeling that he's not going to play well. I may be wrong, but that's just my personal feelings. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that too, Adam, about Rom. I don't know, and I feel I, I feel like that's kind of I mean he's not he's obviously John Rom and he's really good and stuff, but he he's not getting as much love and talk about as some of these other guys, you know, like obviously Scotty is just the talk of the world right now in golf and he, he's been on fire and he deserves to have all that uh backing behind him and everything. Um I find I find Spieth and JT to be extremely interesting for the weekend I just I like the way that they play the game and the way that they approach the approach approach things and the things that are important for this weekend I think are going to bode very well for those two guys um you know Spieth the they're talking about well you know with him can he can he be consistent enough off the tee and with the the fairways being a little bit wider now too as well there I think that's going to help um him and then traditionally who who's much better than Spieth around the greens um I just the way he's playing too lately it it's almost like all right well here's that career grand slam coming into play and it kind of just feels like the right time for him um so I'm excited for him I really think for me Spieth really stands out um you know I got a couple other guys outside of those top five that uh you know I'm interested interested to see how they do and think that they could make some noise but um you know, and Justin Thomas, I think, is right there behind as well. Yeah, and I, I tend to like uh, Rory's up and down, but he has been playing a little better. But Brooks Kepka's plays very well in PJ Championships. He just said today that he hates playing courses where it's 30 under par. That's not his game. He likes to play these super, super hard courses. So I think... Except when he played at Aaron Hills. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the PGAs, I mean, are kind of in his wheelhouse. Yeah. For me with Rory, does he have a shot to win? I think he has a great shot to win. I think that Rory, uh, he's just, there's so much blow up with him. And, you know, the, I was talking, uh, you know, I was talking to you guys before about this a little bit too, is that, you know, Rory with his numbers, you know, since 2015 in majors in round one, he, he's so inconsistent, right? Like if 35 over par, since uh, since 2015 in majors in round one, but then, but then all of a sudden you look at rounds two through four and he's 68 under. So if he can get through round one, like Adam, you were saying earlier, he's got to be looked at as a pretty good favorite, right? I mean, yeah. And I think the best thing for him is he's going to be playing in a very first comfortable first two round pairing with Tiger and Jordan where it's him and Tiger, and they can, they can feed off of each other. You know, if yeah, if Tiger senses Rory might be is playing well and can pull away, I think Tiger steps up. And if 
Rory feels like, you know, we're seeing some vintage Tiger. He, you know, he might, where everybody's focused more on him, he might try to try to gain some of that momentum too. I'd love to see some vintage Tiger and some vintage uh, Rory. I'll tell you, that'd be fun. That's my favorite kind of Tiger is the vintage Tiger. It'd be like that uh, Masters final nine holes with Phil and Tiger that played together and they just like went off on the whole field and it was just like nobody even cared who won. They were just putting on a show out there. Hey, Chris, can you pull up the odds for this thing? I want to check out some round one leaders. I like to get those. I like to get some round one leaders cooking and maybe some some hole-in-ones. I haven't messed with the hole-in-one bets too much. I did one on... Hole-in-ones are brutal. It's going to be... I mean, I was just looking at par threes, and I was like... uh, Yeah, have you seen some of those par threes? Holy man. Yeah, 214, 251, 173. It's the other one, 230. Like, yeah. Hey, Eric, what are you hitting on a par three, 251? What are you hitting uh, off the tee there? Um, three wood, right? Yeah. Two fi- well, no, no, you're because not, I you're can not hit pulling it the driver out there? No, no, it's only 250, right? So I want to hit it about, I want to hit it about 175, 200. So that's a that's a lower number iron probably. I'm gonna go with no no. It's a higher number wood hybrid club. Final answer. That's just the one I always use. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna ha- you're gonna see some guys probably pull driver if they play at full max. Like yeah. Even if I mean if it's slightly into the wind and they're playing it at 240 ish, they're. I mean that's getting it out there three wood for some of these guys. Chris has got some odds to shoot 63 or lower up here. That looks yeah. like it's an impossible task, huh? Um, first round, maybe not. You always have those few guys that get hot. It happens at Augusta every year. Ooh, Scotty's 40 to one to do that. Yeah. I don't Rom. I think it's going to be one of these guys. that's like, a, you know, like, a. um, like a Will Zalatoris or a Keegan Bradley or Max Homa guys that just like go yeah. super deep one round. And then that's the, they're just holding on to make it, make the cut. Right. I think it's, yeah, it's gotta be some, it's probably, it would be some of those second tier guys for sure. That would, that would kind of just come out blazing in round one. Does golf have like quarter horses? People who start strong and then just burn out like a rabbit in a horse race, essentially. Oh Yeah. I mean, I, I looked all all day on Monday in the morning to try to find a bed because this is the one event similar to the U.S. Open where you have non-tour players, where you have the 20 PGA professionals playing. And I feel like if you could find a bet out there with how many are going to make the cut. Some guy told me yesterday at, uh, that he thought it would be at two and a half. And I said, well, that's a pretty good bet because I figured between two and three guys for sure are going to make the cut. Yeah, you were talking about that earlier. Yeah. You thought some some uh, club pros were going to make the cut. I do. I think. I mean, there's, there's some really good club pros playing this year um, that have length to be able to compete at this course. Um, you know, t- one of them is a, a friend of mine that I play with, you know, several – Mondays of the year and the other one's a friend of mine from college and uh they both have plenty of length if they can 
they can last, you know, two rounds, they're going to make it, I, I believe. Yeah, I, you know, I was looking into how many of these guys had played Southern Hills before, and, you know, most of the favorites hadn't. So I think course familiarity has to be has to be an advantage. How many of these guys have played Southern Hills before? A majority or have a majority not? The new On the new layout, none in a tournament. Yeah, since 2019. They haven't been there. I think that's why it's super exciting to to think about like this this first round I think is going to be super exciting because there's so many things that guys are going to be questioning throughout the course don't you think Adam Yeah I think so and and like JT said he reached out to a few guys that played the senior PJ there last year that was the first event they had there post uh renovation or restoration I should say and 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 he said he reached out to a guy and he basically told him like where if you miss it in spots where the best spot to miss it is and, and a few little insider tricks from somebody that's actually played the course. So uh, I think it's going to be hard. You, you're not going to be able to rely on past knowledge for any, any of these guys. Cause there is none. The short game is going to be interesting from what I've heard. These greens are tricky. It's, it's down to, you need to hit it in the right quadrant and it can easily run off into some, some short Bermuda stuff. That sounds really challenging. Do we need to look for precise putters and guys that are really good in the short game? Yeah, I think you need, you, you need to find guys that are are uh, good with their approach shots and they, they can pinpoint exactly where you need to hit on the green to be able to have the most op, um, optimal you know opportunity to make a putt because, man, you, you miss hit a putt on some of these greens and you get towards those edges, you might just roll right off. Yeah, you have guys like, you know, Spieth, who seems to can't find where his golf bag is half the year and then shows up at Augusta. And it's like, who's this guy? You know, it's like he probably has one of the most spectacular short games at these majors compared to maybe, I don't, maybe Phil or Tiger, like, probably has more memorable short game shots to win events or, or, you know, put himself in the spot. These are top 20 bets? How is that not? Scotty Scheffler is minus 135 top 20. That's just free money, right? How do they, how's that not minus 300 or something? Because golf's really hard. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they get out there and it turns out it's hard. Yeah. I had one uh, interesting, as I was looking through the, looking through the picks the other day on, who was favored. And I, I found one that was like kind of in the weeds that I didn't think about till I scanned across. And it was Taylor Gooch. Who's one, I think once or twice already this year and playing fabulous. And he's from Oklahoma States played the course before in events. And I just, for some reason that one stood out to me and it was like plus 10,000. And I was like, how was, you know, this guy's definitely playing well enough. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like some of these guys that maybe grew up in Oklahoma playing Bermuda grass probably have a big advantage, you know, like the guys from Texas, like Scheffler and Spieth and all these guys. Some of the guys that played up north, you know, like, say, Keegan Bradley or, or uh, you know, uh, trying to think who else. 
Keegan Keegan Bradley is an interesting one. That's a name that's popped up on a lot of things that I've been been watching and seeing and everything. And a guy that you wouldn't necessarily be like, oh yeah, Keegan Bradley is going to play really good at the PGA Championship type thing. But I think that he has an opportunity to play well. He's playing better this year, right? I don't I don't see him winning, but I I mean top twenty, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a real possibility there. Yeah. You know, another guy that obviously isn't a, isn't a big underdog by any means, but um, one guy that I, I've been seeing some stats on that have been kind of crazy is that um, is Shane Lowry, and uh, I, I find him to be a little bit interesting. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, we were talking about some stats and you know strokes gained on the field and everything, and you know, in the last twenty four, is the last twenty four. Um, rounds he he's number one at uh 2.82 strokes gained on the field and like scheffler's at 2.67 so that's and i mean that's pretty impressive if you look at that so i mean he's somebody i think that could be you know maybe flying under the radar a little bit for a a potential top 10 finish yeah for sure i think this is one of the tournaments where because there's so much unknown that you just look at all these guys. I mean, you can definitely eliminate some of these guys. Just maybe they're not long enough or they're they're in a slump. But I think you have to look at the guys that have won majors before definitely as contenders. Yeah, you gotta look at that experience, man. I mean, the the guys that have been there before, like they know what it takes. They know they know like how consistent you need to be. You know, they know when when it's okay to take risks, when it's not. I mean that experience you can't you can't teach to guys who are brand new or just haven't won a major in general. Yeah, and I found it interesting as I watched the flyover today how they repositioned some of the creeks to and then they're shaved down rolling into there like some of the holes behind the greens they shaved it down and I think this tournament is going to give us some of that final round fireworks like we had at Augusta where uh you have five or six guys coming down. I don't think it's going to be a blow away victory this year. I think it's going to be a, a real close, maybe five guys within a shot going into the back nine type of event. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really exciting, um, you know, on the, on the last, on the last day, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that are just hanging around there waiting for their shot or their opportunity to go on a little bit of a run and someone else to have a little bit of a hiccup. Let's hope it's Tiger. I was just going to say that's when you hope you don't turn around and see the red shirt. Because if Tiger is somewhere in the mix there in the last 10 holes or so, and those people start, start following him, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, in the group with him or behind him or ahead of him, you are feeling Tiger. And that's something that a lot of guys don't handle well, as we've seen in the past, you know? (laughs) Yeah, and the crazy yeah, thing yeah. is, is how they set this up. They've got three or four holes where you're going to have new tee boxes that are crossing other tee boxes, so they're going to have to wait. So if yep. you get in a situation where Tigers, let's say, within two or three of the lead, and all of a sudden, you know, you're at, you're standing there to hit, and all of a sudden you've got to wait for Tiger to hit with that mass following it. That's going to be nuts to watch. But I mean. I think it's really going to play mind games if he can get close, but 
for any of these guys, when you're going to have to watch somebody else in another group hit a tee shot, that's going to be a different animal for some of these guys. Yeah, the tiger effect, man. That's a a real deal. Yeah, standing there lining up a shot and you hear that roar and then your mind is on, what is that? What just happened? It's going to be interesting. I I think it's going to be that way for a few different guys. I mean, see Scotty Scheffler probably have a big group. Uh, That McElroy Tiger Spieth grouping is going to just be insane. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm finding some first and second exactos that are like 600 to one. I'm just throwing $1 at them. You know, McElroy, Scheffler, Scheffler, Rom, you know, Spieth, Rom, these guys that who you keep talking about, I'm just pairing them up in little $1 bets. I'm hoping that on Sunday I see that. There's lots of good ones. As I've been told, golf is hard, so it could be anybody. Speaking of anybody, oh, uh, Gooch is plus 950 to be top five after the first round. What do you think about that? He's kind of a guy that has hot rounds. Uh, I mean, these young guys that probably haven't aren't going to have to deal with much crowd because the way they did the pairings. It's going to be good for some of these guys. Yeah, it's all the big boys together. It's going to be crazy TV, I mean. Yeah, some of these guys are really going to be able to slip through the cracks and just have like a, you know, a regular afternoon. It's going to feel like almost like a like a practice round. They're just out there because there's not going to be many people around and they can just play their game and go to it. Who's going to be leading at the end of one, Adam? Who's going to be leading at the end of the first round? Pulled the odds up. And uh, I, I put the link in the uh, chat, too. If you click on the click in the chat, okay. you can pull the link out. See, this is this. I'm going to love golf betting. Look at yeah, these. Look at all these giant numbers. We got Rory 20 to 1, Spieth 25 to 1, Deki, Matsuyama 30 to 1, Xander 35. These are all long odds. Rom 35. Scheffler 40. It's tired because I, I really feel like that grouping is going to have somebody that's just on fire. And if Tiger's going to be leading, it's most 60 to 1. Let's go. I don't know that it's going to be him, but I think it's going to come from that group of the first round leader. I think those three guys are just going to be, if one gets hot and makes a putt, it's going to be, I can do better than you type situation. And who is in that group? Tiger, Rory, and, and uh, Spieth. Okay. 28 to one on Spieth and Rory. And I don't know what, what was tiger 60 to one. Yeah. Hey, I like this. Hold up. This is, so you got McElroy, Spieth and tiger. Yeah. So you got one and two on the odds and then tiger for the long shot. What a, that's a, that's great. Well, I think, but I think that's for the reason that Adam was talking about is that those three guys in that first day, they're going to push each other like crazy, man. Like, those are three of the biggest competitors in golf that you could find and they don't yeah. want to look bad next to those guys, you know? So they're, they're going to bring their a game, I think. And there's going to be so many people following them along and, you know, people are excited about this, this remodel, this course and finally getting to, to see it and everything. So like, it's going to be a big deal. And like, like he said too, you know, it's like must watch TV. For fun, we can get Rory at plus 350 on a top five finish on round one, Spieth at 450 on a top five finish, and then we can roll down and still roll Tiger in at a plus 1,200 on a top five finish at the end of one. That might be good. 
I think I just I, I know I'm really I'm really high on Spieth this weekend, and you know I could end up sounding like an idiot at the end of this all, but like, man, I just the way that the way that he is and his just his personality, his ego and stuff too. I just see him playing really well in that in that grouping. Yeah, for sure. He putted so good last week and and hit the ball good. I think he's just running off a high, same as Scheffler, and you know those guys just right now are on a different level. I mean, you can't really pick Rom, which you know I might sound stupid for saying that, but he he just I don't feel like he's a good enough putter to win. It seems like putting's going to be critical. I got I got a question for you guys. Like, what do you think about uh, what do you think about Matsuyama? You know, he's kind of he's kind of having a pretty like a, a quiet but elite year almost. You know, he's got he's got a couple wins and handful of top tens. You know, what is was it tied for fourteenth the Masters? I mean, he if he were to win this tournament, does he have a shot to potentially overtake Scotty for like Player of the Year? Um, if he wins this one, it's yeah, if he it's going to be one. hard, man. What's Scotty won five of the last six? That's yeah, that's a whole wow. nother level. And yeah. wow, you know they showed the percentage of like what is winning percentages since on tour, and then they compared it to Tigers, and Tigers was like off the charts. Like you can't even believe that's a realistic yeah. number, but he's like in that <laughs> rare air where you're in five of six. Like that doesn't happen very often that guys even get close to doing stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, but do, are we not, are we maybe not talking enough about Matsuyama here and what he could potentially do? I mean, it is an Augusta style, you know, course with the greens and the round the greens. I mean, he is a past masters champion. So yeah, you just never know. I think he was slightly injured going into Augusta. So maybe if he's not, you know, a hundred percent or I don't know. I feel like it's a, one of those courses that's just like a, you know, you know how you have, it's not like Augusta where you've had multiple trips around the same course. They just change it slightly. It, it's a, just a whole different beast in itself. I don't know that he's really ready for that. I can see him doing very well at St. Andrews where, you know, that's a course that never changes. Right. That's true. That's a really good point too. I mean, the, the, the unknown and not having played at all here. That's, that's, uh, that's so is weather going to play a part I mean, in this, I think, Adam? Yeah, I think so. But the PGA will do a good job with adjusting. So where it's playing, if the wind switches, you know, from south to north, they'll, they'll adjust tees to accommodate that. So it's not like you're playing something super difficult. But depending on the wind, I mean, some of those approach shots are going to be super difficult into the, the elevated greens. It's going to be hot on yeah. Thursday, isn't 92. it? 92. Uh, but then it cools off on the weekend. I mean, it's going to be in the 50s on Saturday and Sunday morning. So, you know, I don't see anybody like last week where guys shoot 61 to come from behind. It's going to be a, it's going to be somebody that's in the top five. So I think there's usually a bet where you can pick like, you know, oh yeah, the, the winners in the final pairing. It's saying yes is the favor, but I could still see like some fireworks where maybe the guy not in the final group wins. Does the does the heat, the excessive heat, um, early on, does that? Do you think that helps or hurts someone like Tiger with his injuries and then his back problem? Like, does the heat help 
keep his back loose and everything. I think it does because it's more Florida familiar weather to him. I think when it gets cold like Augusta where he's got to wear a sweater, he can't move as well. That's like when it really bothers a player when you can't, you know, get that full turn. But when it's warm and you got sweat going, you can really get moving through it. And obviously he's been practicing in Florida where it's, you know, warm every day and on Bermuda grass. It's probably he would prefer it to be hot. I mean, he won when it was 100 plus degrees there in seven. So I, I found myself going back and forth on that whether it was going to be a strength for him or if it was going to be a weakness. And yeah, I, I've i sat in both chairs and I'm not really sure exactly where I fall, but I'm starting to lean towards that. This is probably a positive for him, especially early on, to to have a really nice start to the tournament. But it is Oklahoma and 72 could feel like 90, so depends on which way the wind's blowing. Touche. You know, if it gets real humid, the ball's going to carry out farther, so they could see – I mean, I could see where it's a big advantage for him if he's not feeling like he's hitting it far and he – you get some heat, humidity, and like a 20-mile-an-hour downwind hole. Like, he's going to play aggressive. He's, you know, the best at everything. Some of these guys just, like, plug around like Spieth and Shuffler and Thomas. You know, they just cruise around, play the same game. He's going to know when he needs to step on it. So, I think it's going to be good. Well, I hope, I hope, I hope you're right, and I hope that uh, we start to see some, like we were talking about, some vintage Tiger coming along here this weekend. I think everyone wants to see it. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody more than the producers, probably. The people at NBC. Who's where is this where can I find the PGA championship? Network yeah, TV? It'll be on network I TV. It's, I mean it's on Golf Channel all week. Uh, you know, live from the range. You can watch as much golf as you want to watch right now. I was just trying to see. I think it's uh NBC, I believe, has the broadcast, but where's it CBS? Looks like it says it says ESPN yeah. and CBS for the first and second round, and then yep, and then third and final round action on ESPN starting in the morning. Do you guys are you guys do you guys watch every stroke of this tournament? I mean, how, even if it's on DVR, do you guys watch it later, or are you guys like casual um, until like Sunday, and then you sit down and, and try to catch as much as you can? I know you guys got kids, but no, I usually watch as much as I can, and. The great thing about majors is it replays right after, so you can watch it again if you want. So I'll usually watch midday and catch the late rounds and then watch the replay and watch the early stuff just to kind of see what the course is playing like. So on Sunday, you know, maybe if it's going to be, you're going to see one of those exploding rounds out there from somebody. Yeah, if I'm, I, I try to watch too as much as I can, but I mean, normally normally I, I'm pretty good with on Sundays, especially being able to watch all that stuff. But if I'm not watching it throughout the weekend um, completely, then I'm I'm always on my phone checking all that stuff and making sure that I'm not missing something. Because if I'm missing something big that's going on, I make sure that I pop that on or find a TV that I can watch it. I mean, you know, if Tiger's in contention, you know, everybody's going to be like the kids are on their own this Sunday because. Uh, I was just going to say that. I was going to say, and if, if a tiger's on the approach on Sunday, I mean, is it like everybody's just stopped what they're doing and that's what, that is what we're doing. Yeah. We're leaving dad alone. That's what we're doing. No, the best, the best thing in my house is with my two oldest kids. Um, if I can, I can get them to kind of go along with me with anything sports related on the TV. I just have to hype it up for them and say, all right, here's who we're cheering for. And here's what we're doing. Whenever something happens with that person or this team, you just start cheering and going crazy. 
drives my wife nuts, but we have a lot of fun. doing. Yeah. That. I mean, if he's within five, I think that's when you, you know, Saturday night, you teach your kids how to use the microwave. So they're on their own for the weekend. now these are totinos you're gonna want to take eight to twelve spread them out that's when your true colors come out as a parent right you know (laughs) stand in front of the tv on sunday and you'll find out who dad really is is i'm looking at i'm looking at our boy gooch here he's a hundred to one the same as bryson Bryson's down here with guys I've never I think heard they of. Thought he wasn't going to play, but he's he played and he said today his hand seemed to feel fine. So, oh, that's why. Yeah, he had the yeah, surgery he's, on his hand. You know, he's not swinging a hundred percent, but he's still swinging faster than anybody out there. Now Brooks tends to show up at majors. Should I think about throwing a fiver on Brooks at forty to one? I don't like him. I don't want to bet on him because then I'd have to hope he does well. He's always Mr. Even Keel and like in majors never puts himself in that big of a hole, I feel like. And he's always got a shot to where like he's going to just all of a sudden start stringing off like three, four birdies in a row. And it's like, bam, now look at Brooks. Uh, Brooks is in the top five and now he's within a couple strokes of, of contention. It's like, so, I mean, he's somebody that, you know, if you're going to put a bet on, you got to feel pretty okay about your, your chances of him. Yeah. And they asked Brooks today, like, how come you, he said at Augusta, he didn't putt well. So he went, he said it was the first time he's ever gone back on YouTube and watched all of his winning match or his winning major tournaments and figured out that he was doing something with his putting. So he said he's never done that, never looked at his putting stroke on video like like that. And and he said if he, I, I feel like if he's got it worked out, I mean, it could be an advantage for him because a course where you don't have to go super deep and you know, it's difficult. That's, that's kind of what he's known for. Isn't he, isn't he the guy that was asked about practicing and stuff? And he talked to, and he's just like, uh, it's golf. Like just go and play type thing. I just show up and play. He's the AI of golf. Yeah. He's like practice. The best question that they asked today of all the players was the deal at the PGA with the $18 beers. So they, some of them were just like, that's crazy. But in the defense of the tournament, it's free food and non-alcoholic beverages with your ticket. So if you average it out, the $18 beers is probably working out to $750. But they asked Brooks, who's sponsored by Michelob Ultra, and he says, he says they're $18 tall boys. He said, I don't know. That sounds like a great deal to me. Putting his nice little it's plug an $18 in there. dollars tall boy. He's like, what do you get? First off, they're tall boys. He said, what do you okay. get? Twelve ounces with the regular one? They're eight. They're tall boys. I mean, it's a good deal. Yeah, we're talking about a beer and a half here. What are you complaining about? I mean, if you get enough chips and hot dogs at the stand, like it's going to work out to you know four or five bucks of beer. So, got to play the odds on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's so, a good thing that Americans don't like overindulge in things like that at all. Yeah. Exactly. Figure the PGA championship is a lot like Vegas. You just got to expect that you're going to be burning through some money today and you just need to accept it. Going it's not away. Augusta. They're not going to be $3 beers or $4 beers. Like this is a privately owned country club, not, and it's a, an event put on by the PGA. It's not Augusta. <laughs> yep. So what I've got in for favorites are Spieth at 18 to one. Um, Rory at 16 to one, and I'm thinking about taking Matsuyama too, 22 to one. No Scheffler. 
Oh yeah, that one's already okay. in Scheffler. I got he I put that one in first. Yeah, so I got Scheffler, Spieth, Rory, and I'm thinking either Matsuyama or Shane Lowry. That's gonna be my mid range guy. I I just I'm really big on I think that like the the top five the top five bets or the top ten bets for the weekend are really intriguing just because it's there's so many possibilities with all these top dogs who could really win this thing. I, I really I like those top five bets, those top ten bets, and just you know rolling with some of those guys because you could you could hit it on the nose with five or six of those dudes and look really smart That's at the end right. of the weekend. It's like the books theory where he right. broke it down. You know, like if you have a hundred players in the field and you break it down, like some guys just aren't going to play well because it's a major, so that narrows it down to fifty. And then you take out the club pros, that brings it down to 30. And then you take out, you know, guys who can't work the ball. So that takes it down to 25. You know, like there's only maybe a handful of guys that actually really have a shot at the thing. So I think if you look at all the favorites, like you can just weed it out by the guys that aren't, haven't been playing good, have been in slumps. Like they're not going to miraculously find their game here. It's not like at Augusta where it's awe inspiring and you just like, get so jacked up to be there that your a game shows up, you know, it's yeah, this isn't the course for that. It's a great course. And, you know, Max Homa said that he had played nine holes and he thought it was the greatest course on the world. So, I mean, but that guy, you never know. him. I've heard some glowing reviews out of guys this week about how much they love this. Well, anytime you spend $11 million on a renovation, you can pretty much make it as nice as you want. But at the end of the day, you're still in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's not Augusta. Yeah. (laughs) Tulsa's a great... uh, Have you been to Augusta? Tulsa's like... It's like comparing Hollywood to... uh, Let's see. Lancaster, Wisconsin or something. You know, it's like... Augusta's like a dive town. I mean, you drive past the jankiest places just to get to the golf course where Tulsa's like a lot of money there. Hard Rock. Hard Rock. You've got casinos there. You've got big oil businesses there. I mean, it's a booming town. It's a big city compared to Augusta. But without all the prestige and the hype and the. Yeah. For the golfers themselves to get that A game out, you know? It's no Oklahoma City. What do you think about Cam Smith? He hits the ball a ways. Yeah, I think he just needs a little more experience in the majors. Nope. Cam Smith's out. (laughs) 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 I'm looking at some of these exactas. Um, Jordan Spieth first, Rory McIlroy second, 750 to one. Put a dollar on that. It's going to be so hard to pick like first and second. Yeah. I think you're going to make all your money picking the top tens and top five bets. Yeah, that's I, I'm telling you. I think that's where there's money to be I made. Especially like, cause you can really weed yeah. it out, like Adam was saying, to those like top like 15 guys almost. And be like, all right, let's take my shots here. I mean, I saw. I feel like after this conversation, you guys have a good handle on who's who's our top 10 guys. I mean, I really, when I was looking at it Monday, I saw like if you go to the top 40 bet. So, like, if it's top 60 in ties, you are 70 in ties even, you have all of these club pros at, like, plus 1,200. I mean, you could put a dollar on each one of those, and it's 20 bucks. I mean, if you hit one time, and it's happened, I think it was last year, <laughs> yeah. the year before, where you had 
a club pro get fairly close to winning. And at the senior PGA, it happens a lot. I still believe that there's some hope for those club pros being a, you know, a PGA member myself. I think uh, this is our shot this year. I like it. If you find yeah, that bet anywhere, these guys, these with, pros uh, haven't been number there. Of PGA pros like making the cut. Like you, let me know. I mean, that's where I'm putting some of my money on the club pros. I like that. Obviously, one of the guys. Yeah, I feel like if I take what Spieth, Rory, Spieth, Rory, and Scheffler, they're all you know. Scheffler's minus one hundred five, but Spieth and Rory are both plus one fifty five and plus one twenty. You hit two of those yeah. three, you're good. Possibly right. hit all three. Yeah, and you might hit all That's three. That's the approach I'm going to take. You know, you guys you guys have turned my degenerate knob from 11 down to 7.5, and that's where it needs to be to actually win money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fun to win a lot of money once every 20 times, but those other 19 really start to wear you down. I think I like this top 10. Yeah, I mean, it's better. like safe bet. It's like, you know, if you could bet a top five or a top 10 bet at a horse race and just be like, yeah, I'm going to pick like six random horses that it might get a top 10. Like everybody would bet on horse racing. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's true. Exactly. And these odds are, yeah, similar. it is like even the favorite is 12. Hey, to 1. Adam, uh, Chris, I love it. When you guys are betting personally, we're putting the futures in tonight. Do you guys ever live bet this? Will you ever jump on the app on a Saturday morning and be like, all right, I've watched Thursday, I've watched Friday, I have a really good idea of, of kind of I'm dialed in now and then really pile it on there for Saturday and Sunday? I, for me, for me, when I do stuff like that, I guess mid-tournament, it's more when I get into um, like DraftKings stuff and I'm, I'm doing like the, just the round for the day and if I'm, those types of things. I don't. Otherwise, I'm not really making that many live bets per se with golf um other sports that's a much different story but um yeah i mean i for me no, i don't really touch all those live bets all that much yeah, i think uh well after friday it's you know after the cut it's narrowed down and you can pretty see by the leaderboard like and the odds reflect that it's going to be easy to pick you know a top five guy from that because after friday you know when you're playing saturday and sunday it's Kind of a lot. The bottom 15 or 20 guys aren't going to charge at the board at a major. So just doesn't happen. So for golf, we're, we're going to lose a lot of value. Unless it's like a par three or something, you know, like I know sometimes you can get par three live scoring, like who's going to be closer in this group or whatever. Like that's a good bet. Yeah. Those are fun. Player props. Yeah. Although you can, you can talk me into a lot of different things being fun as far as <laughs> like prop bets go. So. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was looking at these matchups. I don't know enough about golfers to to do matchups. I'm sticking with outrights. Top yeah, these matchup ones are pretty tight. Yeah, and they don't. You don't really get a whole lot. Like the juice is it, too much. I think for some of them, where it's just like, well, yeah, I think this guy's gonna win, but I mean, is it really worth that risk? You know, like even to when you get to point where, like where you're minus one thirty or minus one forty, it's like, well. Do I really want to to do that? I don't like. Yeah, that. it's saying uh, the best one I see for round one is. Who's the best out of McElroy, Spieth, and Tiger? And it's Tiger's at plus 300. I, I, I don't know. I'm just a Tiger guy, I guess you could say. But bunch of old heads in the room here, and we're all like, oh, yeah. I think you could beat these two, like, heads up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because back in his heyday, he was so fucking exciting. You know, I just want to do that again. He made golf cool. Yeah, I mean, if it was back in the heyday. 
He literally made pre-back golf. surgeries, pre-accident, pre-everything. I mean, you wouldn't even bet on golf because it would be dumb. You'd be betting. It'd be like, who's going to get second? That would be the best bet. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, boys. I feel ready for the tournament. Chris, are you ready to uh, let these boys get on with their evening? All right. He's giving me the thumbs up. Nothing left to do now but cash the tickets. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Smitty. This has been fun. Can't wait to do more of these. Uh, Thank you, everyone who is listening. I haven't forgotten you. And the best of luck to all of you on your wagers this weekend. If you enjoy this show, please let us know. Be sure you're following Plus Money Golf on the Twitter at PSR Golf. And you can follow Smitty at CSmith8. And you can follow Adam at AC Miller PGA. And if you would be so kind to go to whatever platform you're using, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and give us a five-star review, the algorithm would love that. We would love that. Everybody would be happy. Um, Write some words about how you feel about us or what you have for breakfast. It doesn't really matter. As long as you comment something, the algorithm is happy. You can tell us what kind of dog you have. It doesn't matter as long as you took the time to say it. Until next time, hit them long and straight and let's get paid.